about a week before Rosh Hashanah, we begin saying the Selichot service. Sephardim actually begins saying it at the beginning of Elul. And if you take a look at the liturgy of the Selichot service, it might seem a little off-putting at first. In fact, it can be perhaps a pretty tough way to start your early morning. It describes many of the lowly aspects of the human being. And it begs the question, couldn't we start our year off or end this particular, this uh, most recent year in a more upbeat fashion? Indeed, if you actually reach, read through the Rosh Hashanah liturgy, the prayer service is much more uplifting. What's the basis for the Slichot service, and what are you supposed to take away from it? So the Rav, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, discussed this in a lecture he gave in 1968. The entire shir is about two hours and 15 minutes long, and I highly encourage uh, folks to listen to the shir uh, directly. There's absolutely nothing like hearing the Rav uh, give a lecture. There's a link on the, on the site that links to a version of the shir that I've restored. But uh, nonetheless, I've done some of the work for you and have organized some of the key ideas which he presented. So it starts with a medrash in Baratius Rabbah, and it reads as follows. Imzaka Adam, if a person merits, Omrim Lo, we say to him, Ata Kadamta Lamalachi Hashari. You preceded the angels. Vim Lav, and if not, Omrim Lo, we say to him, Zivuv Kodmach, a, uh, a mosquito or a gnat preceded you. So according to the Rav, this midrash highlights the Torah's dichotomous view of man. On the one hand, man is capable of reaching what the Rav describes as dizzying intellectual heights. He can operate in a way that differentiates him completely from the animal kingdom. Simultaneously, we have a realistic and lowly view of the human being. Man is also capable of stooping so low that he is a disgrace and not even superior to a mosquito or a gnat. These two themes carry through to our tefillot, our prayers, and the slichot service, respectively. So the Rav emphasizes that the Slichot service is quite old, certainly dating back to the Gaonim, and there is a reference to it in the Gemara Bavli in Rosh Hashanah Yud Zion Amudbet, and it reads as follows. Vayavor Hashem al-Panav vayikra. So an Hashem passed before him and proclaimed. So Amar Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan said, Ilmale mikra kasuv, if this particular verse wasn't written this way, it would be impossible to say the following. We learn that God, so to speak, wrapped himself in a talit, like a prayer leader, like a shatz, like a, somebody who's leading the prayers for the, for the community in the synagogue. Seder tefillah. And he demonstrated to Moshe this particular order of prayer. Amar Lo, he said to him, so Hashem said to, to Moshe, Kol zaman chotin, any time that the Jewish people err, Yasu lefanai keseder hazeh, they should conduct before me this prayer service, vani mochelahem, and I will pardon them. So, Yochanan is interpreting this verse, Vayavor Hashem Hashem passed before and proclaimed, and retranslating it as Hashem, and Hashem covered his face. And he's saying again, 
if this wasn't hinted at in the particular verse, it would be impossible, even by analogy, to state that when it says he covered his face, it's as if Hashem put on a talit. The idea being conveyed here is that Hashem demonstrated to Moshe how to conduct this particular slichot service. And again, the fact that this pasuk is used is what uh, indicates that we're talking about the slichot service here. So why did Hashem have to demonstrate this this service specifically to Moshe. We don't have any corresponding record or idea that Hashem had to teach Avraham how to pray, or Yitzchak how to pray, or Yaakov how to pray. According to the Rav, human beings actually have a natural inclination or awareness of how to, uh, how to reach out to Hashem. But this Slichot service is different. So what makes Slichot unique? The Rav points out three exceptional elements with regard to Slichot, which don't follow our standard formula of prayer and they are uniquely available to us during this time period of tshuva. God had to demonstrate this to Moshe because this service operates outside the general rules of prayer. So here are each of the exceptional elements. So exceptional element number one. So this is based on the Rambam and the Mishnah Torah, Hilchos Talmud Torah, Per Gimel, Halacha Gimel. And it reads as follows. Afal Pisha Mitzvah Lilmod Bayom Uvalayla even though it is a mitzvah to learn both during the day and at night, ain adam lomed rov chachmoso elabalayla. A person only learns the majority of his wisdom at night. Lefikach, therefore, misha ratzalizkos becheser Torah, somebody who wants to merit the crown of Torah, yizaher bechol elosav, he should be careful on all his nights. V'lya'abed afilu achas mehen. That he shouldn't lose out on even a single one with just eating or drinking and just chatting, etc. Rather, the, he should be involved in the evening in learning Torah and matters of wisdom. So our sages said, The the calling out of Torah is only at night. Or I guess the Gorna is, uh, is translated as the song. The song of Torah is only at night. Shnayamar, as it says, and this is a puzzle from Eicha, kumi roni valayla. Uh, stand up or get up and cry out at night. V'chol ha'osek b'Torah balayla. And anybody who's involved in Torah at night, chut shel chesed nimshach alav b'yom. A strand of kindness follows him during the day. Shnamar, as it says, and Pasuk and Tehilim, Yomam Yitzaveh Hashem Chasto, Uvalayla Shira Imi, Tevila Le'el Chaya. So during the day, God ordains his kindness, and at night, his song is with me, a prayer to the living God. The whole bias, She'en Durei Torah Nishma and Bobalayla, and any house that words of Torah not heard at night, Eish Ochalto, a, uh, it will be consumed by fire. So that's, that second part will require some additional explanation for another time, but it's beyond the scope of our uh, particular discussion right here. This verse in Echa, Kumi Roni Belayla, arising out at night, is being interpreted as referring to Talmud Torah, the Torah study. So according to the sages, nighttime is dedicated for Torah study. Study and learning matters of wisdom is the ideal use of nighttime. The Rav quoted the following Gemara as well, based on the Erevin, uh, Samach Hay Ahmed Aleph. 
and it reads, Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. So Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish said, Lo Ibri Sahara El Lagirsa. The moonlight was created only for the purpose of studying. So that's again emphasizing this position and this approach of the sages that really nighttime is dedicated for, for study. So Slichot is exceptional because it is a prayer that takes place at nighttime. So while it's true that we do have Arvit or Ma'ariv that happens at night, but we know from our uh, halachic literature that we accepted the, the Ma'ariv or Arvit service as a chova. We treat it as an obligation, but it certainly does not have the same status as uh, Shacharit or Mincha, our morning or afternoon prayers. Furthermore, it takes, ideally, takes place ideally during the first part of the night, whereas Slichot really ideally takes place after midnight in the, in, uh, in the final section of the night right before dawn. So this, this verse, this pasuk of Kumi Roni Balaila, arise, sing out at night, is being reinterpreted during the 10 days of tshuva to refer to Slichot. Nighttime, which is usually exclusively for, for learning, is transformed into a time for tefillah, for prayer. So that's the first exceptional element of Slicha. The second exceptional, exceptional element is based on uh, another Gemara in, in Brachot, on Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph. And it reads as follows, Yachol yispal adam koha yom kulo. So is man allowed to daven throughout the entire day? Kvar mafurash ayudei daniel v'zimnin tlasa. So this was explained explicitly through daniel that we may pray three times. So interesting, the Rav makes a distinction between the idea of tifilah for a Jew and the universal idea of prayer. So he says that prayer is actually fairly straightforward for a non-Jew. If someone's sick, they can simply stand up and ask God for healing. They can pray and reach out to God at any time. In contrast, a Jew requires a matir, an allowance from the king to pray. He's limited to, play, to praying three times a day. Indeed, later in the Gemara, Shmuel adds that a person can bring a certain type of nadava, an extra prayer that is available in limited circumstances. But in general, prayer is limited to three times a day. Someone's ill, so you can pray for their healing in the context of Rifa'inu, the prayer for healing in, in one of the, the 18 blessings, or in Shema Kaleinu, or potentially at the end of Shemona Esrei, before you take three steps back, there are these different locations where you're allowed to make personal appeals. But it, you do so in the context of the existing structure of tefillah. And so this brings us to the second exceptional element, is that we have this separate convocation for prayer outside of the traditional three times per day limit. The Gaonim called this slicho service a mamad slicha varitsoi, a convocation or gathering towards forgiveness and an opportunity that uh, is, is pleasing to, to God. Slicho provides an additional opportunity during these days of tshuva. We have a matir, an allowance for additional prayer service. So that's the second exceptional element of, of uh, the slicho service. And finally, the third exceptional element is based on another Gemara. This is in Rosh Hashanah, Test Zion of the Base. And it reads as follows. Amar Rabbi Yitzchak, Arba'ad Devarim, Mikarin Gzardino Shel Adam. Eluhain. So four things can rip up 
the negative decree of a person. So something uh, that a per uh, something difficult or challenging or bad that was that was decreed to a person. And Elohim, these are them. The the four things are tzedakah, charity, tzedakah, crying out, shinu hashem, changing your name, vishinu imaisa, and changing your actions. Yesh omrim, and there's another opinion, afshinu makom, so to changing your place can be another opportunity for tshuva. So the Gemara indicates that tzedakah, crying out, is an essential element of the tshuva process. The Rambam describes this as midarke tshuva, one of the pathways towards tshuva. Slichot is a method of tshuva. It emphasizes one side of the dichotomy of man, that he's capable of operating below human dignity. The Rosh Hashanah liturgy reflects the other side of the dichotomy, that he can rise above the natural world, that he can address himself directly to God. On Yom Kippur, during each of the services, we add something called a vidoy. It's commonly translated as confession, but we have this idea of vidoy bikurim, which really, probably a more accurate translation is that it's a declaration. And so we declare and we articulate all sorts of errors, not necessarily committed that we committed ourselves, but we acknowledge that man is capable of these activities. The Ramam even says that if we've done shuva on a particular error or mistake from our past, we continue to confess that same mistake the following year and in future years. Why would we do that? Because it reminds us that we're capable of this error, even though we've done, could be complete shuva on it. It's important to keep this view of man in mind. And sa'aka, crying out, is one of the ways that we acknowledge the loneliness that man is capable of. The Rav also emphasizes that charata, recognition or remorse for our previous errors, is not sufficient. It needs to be accompanied by tzedakah, charity, and tzedakah, crying out, as well as prayer asking God for forgiveness. Those are the elements that lead to true kapara, restoring our relationship with God. And kapara is an idea that we can actually, through this divine gift, if you will, erase our mistakes to the extent that they didn't happen. And that's a way that we can really fully restore our relationship with God. So in summary, there are three exceptional elements of the Slichot service. Number one, though nighttime is generally reserved for Torah study, during this time of tshuva, it is transformed into a time of prayer. Number two, though we're generally limited to praying three times a day, we are granted a fourth opportunity during this time. And number three, Slichot are not just another prayer service, but rather part and parcel of the tshuva process, articulating one side of the Torah's dichotomous view of man. So, in, uh, in conclusion, the Torah has a unique perspective of the human being. It recognizes his incredible potential and capabilities and encourages us to strive for the highest expression of our humanity. At the same time, it recognizes that man is simultaneously capable of corruption, distortion, and disgracing his human dignity. The Torah embraces both views of man and reminds us that both possibilities stand before us. And the Rambam, uh, I'll use to conclude here, he says, because of this, uh, these reasons, and because of, uh, again, because of these reasons, it's customary for the entire Jewish people to increase in charity and good deeds and to be involved in mitzvot. 
מראש השנה עד יום הכיפורים, from ראש השנה עד יום כיפור, יותר מכל ימות השנה, even more so than the rest of the year. ונהגו כולם לקום בלילה בעשר ימים אלו, and it is customary for them all to get up at night during these 10 days. It's talking about the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Ulihi palel bevatei kenasiot. And to pray in the synagogues. Bedivrei tachanunim with words of supplication. Bedivrei kibushim. And uh, and I think it's another descriptor of, uh, of supplication. Ad or hayom. Until daybreak. So we see that this idea is of, uh, of slichot is, is codified. And hopefully we can walk away with an understanding of why the different aspects of the prayer service are, are there. Both emphasize different aspects of this dichotomous view. We have a man, you read the Rosh Hashanah liturgy, and it does present this incredible view of man's place in the world and his role in recognizing God's kingship. And at the same time, we don't lose sight of what we know man is capable of with the hope that man uh, is able to strive to the heights that we know he is uh, is also capable of.